thing Sunday night, uh, but the, the signs out there in the foyer, I uh, do encourage you to do that uh, before you leave uh, this evening. Also, the men's business meeting that was scheduled for this Saturday uh, has <clears throat> been postponed and will be rescheduled for a later date, uh, so please uh, check the bulletin for updates on that. Several sign-up sign sheets are out on the foyer board. Um, we, there's a lot we have going on that we need your help with. Um, CYC is not this coming Sunday, but next Sunday. Um, so we need snacks. We need to feed these kids. They're starving. <laughs> I'm joking. They, uh, they, they do get hungry at CYC. And uh, they like the, the snack while they're there. So if you can help out with snacks, it would be greatly appreciated for CYC. Uh, that's February 25th through 27th. And Wednesday is the last day I can have the snacks in. Bye. Um, also, men's retreat is scheduled for March 18th through the 19th at Howe's Mill. Uh, so please sign up as soon as possible for that uh, if you're going to that. Um, you know, even if your dad... Bring your boys with you. We encourage you to do that. Um, uh, you know, we have a great time uh, being together and fellowshipping uh, with one another there at House Mill, so I do encourage you uh, to bring your boys with you for that. Um, also, continue to pray at this time uh, for Marvin Jordan. He's going through rehab, and he's expected to be there for a couple of weeks, so keep Marvin in your prayers. Uh, Sue Powell will have eye surgery February the 23rd. So keep her in your prayers um, as that date's coming up next week. Also, uh, keep Kristen and James in your prayers at this time as well. Uh, and also keep uh, Patty Bird, this is his daughter of Brenda, uh, is, uh, is on life support in Columbus. So keep that family in your prayers at this time as they uh, go through a difficult time. Um, for all uh, men, we are going to start the Wednesday evening devotional speaking again. Um, so there's a um, schedule out there on the foyer table for all the men. who. Um, so please grab one of these. Um, your name may be on here. Um, and if, if it's not on there and you want to speak, uh, please see me or Chris, um, and uh, we'll try to fit you in. So, but, um, so that's how they're in the foyer table. That's all the announcements I have. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, the elders have chose two men to be deacons, um, Greg Sullivan and Dickie Parker, two great men. And, um, and if you have anything you want to say about these men, um, why you think that's a great decision, why you don't think that's a great decision, please see any of the elders, uh, any six of the elders, or five that are here. Um, please see elders. Jeremy doing all right? Okay, Jeremy's, okay. He's Next Wednesday evening will be the last day, so so please uh, uh, do that as quickly as possible. This pool wanted elders off to the side would be the best way in doing it. Anything else I may have missed? All right, this time let's go to God in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for blessing us, for watching over us, Lord, for letting us come here this evening, Lord, to learn more about you, to be able to apply your word to our everyday lives. Lord, we, we ask you that people will see you in us, that your light will always shine throughout our community, 
through our work, through our schools, Lord, that, that they will know when, that we are Christians, Lord. Lord, and it will make them wonder, and they will ask questions, Lord, and want to one day put you on baptism, Lord, and get closer and build a relationship with you. Lord, we ask you this time to continue to be with our elders and the decisions they make for this congregation, Lord. Just be with them and their families and their wives, Lord. Just, Lord, we, we know it's a difficult job, but, you know, that uh, just give them the strength that they need. Let them always look, let, let them always look to your word for wisdom. Lord, we ask you this time to continue to still be with our deacons and the work that they do here, Lord. Be with them. And uh, be with their families. Lord, we ask you this time to be with our sick. Continue to be with Marvin and, and Sue and Kristen and the Bird family, Lord. Just be with them. Comfort them, Lord. Lord, we ask you this time to also be with Kristen as she's going through a difficult time, Lord. And be with James and Mason. And that Braden and and... Elaine, and just be with them and just comfort them. Be with, be with all our widows and our shut-ins, Lord. Just let, be with them. Let them know that we are thinking of them, Lord. Continue to, to be with this church family. Let us grow spiritually, Lord. Let us grow stronger in you through our prayer life, through our reading of your word, Lord, that, that we'll grow stronger in you, Lord, and and we hope and pray, Lord, that if someone is not a child of yours, that they would make that decision this evening. Or be with Chris as he gives us this lesson today, Lord, and continue to be with us now. Forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. I just said how great it is to scream things. Well, it helps if I have it set up correctly because I didn't have the sound going. So apparently people were seeing me wave at the camera and had no idea what I was saying. So what I was saying was, hi, Landon. <laughs> but uh, that is fixed now. I got two texts from Mom and Jeremy saying, can't hear you. Um, and I have lost what song I'm next singing. Our next song... Flip a slide because I've lost it. It's number 500. Oh, thou fount of everybody. I couldn't find my piece of paper. <laughs> oh, thou fount of every blessing. Oh, thou fount of every blessing. Dude, my Hither by the 
next song is number 756. 756. After this, Chris will have our lesson this evening. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll song of invitation will be number 197 it's been a beautiful Wednesday hasn't it weather's nice what a blessing it is to come into the middle of February and have a nice 60 degree day especially after all of our snowy days I felt while we were at Freed we traveled over into uh, Arkansas and back up through Missouri and Illinois, we took the long way home, guys. And uh, 
we saw snow pretty much the whole way home. <laughs> so I am happy to see a uh, 60 degree day. I guess it's on days like this uh, where my mind starts wandering back to the book of Psalms. Um, you could also say that about the bad days, couldn't you? You know, the, the, the tough times, the, the times when you feel like everything's falling apart, nothing's going the way you want it to go, your heart's broken, and you sit there in shambles. Your mind goes back to the book of Psalms, doesn't it? When you're happy, your mind goes back to the book of Psalms because you, you, you have such an experience there with so many men of God who are shouting their praise, uh, thankfulness, and gratefulness, and worship to a well-deserving God. So your mind goes back there when you're happy. It goes back there when you're sad. The book of Psalms is kind of an incredible book, isn't it? If you've got your Bibles, be turning over to Psalm chapter 1. I wanted to very quickly give you kind of an overview, maybe, of the book of Psalms. Uh, we studied this this last year, I guess in 20, is it 2021 or 2020, when we studied Psalms. The years are running together. Um, but... At some point in the, in the near future, it's coming back up because my mind just can't, can't get away from this, from this book. Um, it is a curated book. This was not written by one guy. Um, it was written by several men uh, across about a thousand year time frame. There's a Psalm of Moses in here. Uh, he would have been hanging out around 1400 years before Jesus was born. There's also some psalms that were written after the exile. So around 530 or 560 or so um, before the new temple is built. So we're covering a large swatch uh, of history in this, one, in this one book. And you wouldn't know it to just read through the psalms. Oftentimes they're not annotated as to who wrote them. Uh, every now and then you'll find one of these superscriptions that, that are most likely not inspired, but they're very, very old. And so they're most likely reliable. And so you'll be able to, to get a little bit of insight behind who wrote the psalm and what was going through his mind when he wrote that psalm. And so those are incredibly helpful. But Psalm 1 and Psalm 2 kind of serve as the double doorways into the Psalter. It's the book of Psalms. We refer to it as, as a book. It's the Psalter. So Psalms 1 and 2 kind of are, are, serve as double doorways. If you're trying to get into a building, the building is, is Psalms. And these Psalms 1 and 2 are, are the doorways through which you go. Like we say, these Psalms are not chronological in order. Psalm 1 was not written first and then Psalm 150 written last. Uh, that's not how it works. Somebody around the, uh, I, I'm assuming, uh, educated guess... Uh, after the exile has ended, somebody comes along and compiles these psalms into the form that we have them today. I think he did so by inspiration. I think I can prove that. Uh, that's another story for another day. It's just too fantastic. How they're put together is too incredible to be done by one man. It has to have uh, the, the, the divine touches there. We can talk more about that later. Um, Psalm 1, if you look through Psalm 1, you kind of get the ideal. This is what happens when you do what's right, right? Psalm 1 is, is really kind of beautiful like that. Uh, he blesses the man who refuses to get involved with sin. Now, we all fall short, right? Paul tells us that. 
We all uh, sin, right? We all fall short of the glory of God. But this guy is focused on doing what is right. He's got his priorities in order. His life is in shape. He's making progress toward becoming more and more in line with Christ. And that man, the, the, the writer here says, is blessed. In fact, he's like a tree that's planted beside a stream. Now, to us, uh, maybe you've got images in your mind of, of flooding and trees that sit beside streams are not all that safe. That's not what the, the, the psalmist is trying to get across to you here. In Israel, if you're beside a stream, it's good because you have water. You have what you need to grow up, to be strong if you're a tree. Um, this, a lot of this land is desert land. And so if you are sitting next to a stream, you're, in, you're perfectly situated to have exactly what you need to grow. And that's what the psalmist is here saying. If you rely on God, if you stick with him, you have everything you need to grow up inside of him. Right, which is good news for us because that's our goal. We want to grow up inside of him. We don't want to stay where we are. We want to make progress. Well, how do you do that? You get deep into this word, deep into this book. God wants you to know him, so much so that he wrote a book to tell you about himself. And he's given it for us, and he's preserved it for us so that we can know him. Kind of incredible. Psalm 1 gives you the ideal. If you stay away from sin and adhere closely to God, you will be blessed. Now, Psalm 2 through 149 gives you the rest of the story because you don't have to live very long to know, even inside of Christ, that yes, the closer you adhere to Christ, the more blessings you have, but sometimes the more troubles you have too, right? It's not all daisies and roses, is it? Sometimes hard things happen to us. Sometimes heartbreaking things happen to us. And what are we going to do with that? Well, look, look in Psalm chapter 2. He says, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. Psalm 2 is just as impressive as Psalm 1. It's beautiful. It talks about the Messiah, the one we know as Jesus of Nazareth. Even he is going to be rejected. That's the second door that Psalms opens for us. As you enter into this sanctuary of Psalms, you get the ideal. You follow God. You adhere to his principles. He will bless you. That is true. The second part, the other side of that coin, though, is that sometimes hardship happens, and he knew it was going to happen, and it happened to him, too. So you're not alone. It's an incredible comfort, isn't it? Sometimes when we're struggling, it's nice just to know someone else is hurting too, right? We take, we take comfort in that. When Job was hurting, his three friends, the best thing they did was come alongside of him and just sit there and weep with him. Sometimes when we're hurting, just someone sitting close to us, knowing that, that they're hurting for us, is helpful. I think that's one of the things that we're supposed to get through uh, from Psalm chapter 2. You get the ideal of life from Psalm 1, 
but you get the other side of the coin from Psalm 2. Psalms 3 through 149 are what happens when this happens. You do what's right, but things don't always turn up daisies. And life is hard. And heartache comes. And sometimes you feel betrayed by God, right? You feel like He let you down, right? We've been there. Most of us have been there. And if you haven't been there yet, give it a few days. <laughs> it's coming, right? That's part of this life. And Psalms is incredibly honest with this portrayal of life. These guys know what it means to feel betrayed and let down by God. But as you read their lament psalms, these psalms that talk about this betrayal, how they feel these emotions that are overflowing out of these guys with pain and suffering and heartache and tears are just innumerable. Almost every single one of those lament psalms ends in a psalm of praise. They go from heartache to worship at the drop of a hat. It's, it's really, really beautiful, right? And so what do you get from Psalms 3 through 149? You get, I'm staying with Jesus. I'm staying with God. It's kind of the words of Peter when a lot of Jesus' disciples left them there. In John chapter 6, Jesus looks back, back at his disciples and says, do you guys want to go away too? And Peter has this amazing statement. Peter had some incredible statements of faith, didn't he? When he wasn't sticking his foot in his mouth, he was making these incredible, heartfelt, deep statements. And this is one of those in John 6, 60 through 66. Thereabouts, he says, well, where else are we going to go? You have the words of life. When you get that, you're like, Peter, I don't understand what you said. And I don't understand what's going on. And I don't like what's going on. I'm hurting and I'm, I don't understand. And I just want this to be over, but I'm staying with you. Because you've got the words of life and where else, where else could I go? Everywhere else I could possibly turn for help is a dead end. There's nothing down there. Only more heartache. There's actually healing down the road with Christ. Psalm 150 ends the Psalter in this really beautiful fashion. Uh, the book of Psalms is just consumed with um, superlatives. Um, the greatest, the biggest, the best. Uh, all, all these terms that you just you can't hardly wrap your mind around how amazing God is. And the book of Psalms is just racked full of them. Um, Psalm 150, though, uses all those again, and then adds in some new ones. Just when you think you've grasped how amazing God is, you haven't even touched the hem of the garment yet. And Psalm 150 teaches us that. Listen to, listen to how the Psalter ends. And remember, this is not the last psalm that was written. This was intentionally put here by God. And so you look at the book of Psalms as a book as a whole. And when we do that, we come away with something that's really very beautiful. There's the ideal that's true. If I follow him, he will bless me. But then we know the rest of life, because life is hard and it gets at us sometimes, doesn't it? But then Psalms 3 through 149 teach us we stick with God anyhow, because where else, where else could we go? And then Psalm 150 says, even in the midst of our pain, especially in the midst of our pain, we praise. Listen to what he says. 
Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with a tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with the sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He ends it with that that second superlative. And he's, I mean, it's... it's it, it's almost like he's shouting it there toward the end, isn't it? Maybe building up to a crescendo there toward the end. And you, you, you get after walking through this book where you're just left scratching your head going, I understand the ideal, but here I, I have 10 to 15 guys who have written 149 different poems about the pain and anguish that they go through in life and these guys are righteous and they're doing what you want them to do but still bad things happen to them and what are we going to do we we stay with them and we praise even in the midst of our pain this became their temple psalms the book of psalms became israel's temple that's why it was written it was written at or it's written across about a thousand years, right? But it was compiled after the exile. We know that. That's, that's fact. Why? Why was it written right then? Because they didn't have access to God anymore. The Babylonians had tore apart their temple where they had met with God. You couldn't meet with God anymore. But when they did that, it's almost like the temple shattered and it spread all, all across the world. And thanks to the book of Psalms now, you can meet God wherever you are. And that's what they found out. Even in ancient Israel, they didn't need a building. The building was important back then, but they didn't, they didn't need it. This became the virtual temple where they could meet with God. And I think that's why we have found such incredible comfort and joy, peace in these words over the last 2,000, 3,000 years. That's why they so, still resonate so strongly with us. They should. They're God's word telling us how to talk to him, right? He tells us how to talk to him. He tells us to be honest with him, but to stick with him, especially in the midst of our pain, especially in the midst of our joy. At the highs and in the lows, we stick here with him. He goes, where else could we go? So tonight, if you're wondering where else could you go, maybe answer that question tonight with but to the Lord where else could I go but to him so tonight have your sins washed away through the power of baptism and become a part of his family to be cleansed and made whole tonight maybe you've already made that decision and you just need the prayers of this congregation to walk in the midst of a tough season of life if you have any need tonight why won't you come as we stand and sing
Pray with me. Dear Lord, thank you for today, this wonderful day. Thank you for Chris and this lesson. Please be as the people on the prayer list and the ones who only you know the name of. Please be as the ones struggling mentally, physically, and spiritually. And let us all return on safely. It's in Jesus' name I ask this prayer. Amen.